0: Hey, welcome to Hot Takes. I'm your host, James Scott, here to analyze anything and everything interesting. Let's dig into today's topics.
1: You know, James, I feel like we produce a million episodes a month because I feel like it was just yesterday we sat down recording and just make it another episode. And I'm not complaining. This is great where you're, you're pushing content out. You are ready all the time. And I love it, man. To, I love you it. You can tell. You can honestly tell because you're always ready to produce this content. But I, I'll tell
0: you, once, once we get a certain number of people on here, I want to go live a lot more often mm-hmm. than our two times a month. Uh, but definitely when we are going live, check that out. Uh, we, we absolutely have a great time on there, don't we, Chris?
1: We do. We, we really do. It's a, it's a bundle of fun. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. I know I always sound sarcastic sometimes, but it actually is fun. I, had, I actually had a lot of fun on our last live stream. So for everyone that's listening, you just really be sure to check that out because we're laughing. We're, we're talking with the audience. When they drop by, you could even say "Hey" if you want. You don't even, You don't even need to interact with what's going on. You don't. For now, you don't have to be like a big participant in in what the subject is. Just drop by, say "Hey," laugh. <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> but know,
0: it's interesting. I was yeah. uh, I was on um, Robbie Hyde's la- uh, live stream mm-hmm. the other night. You're definitely check me. out his content. He's one of the best content creators out there. He's got one of the better baseball minds out there. He could work in a front office if, if he wanted to. I don't know if that's something he wants to do. I think he'll make a living through his channel. It's a fantastic channel. Definitely check it out. This is a Yankee fan giving a, a Boston Red Sox fan reps. Uh, like, you know, yeah, definitely check him out. He's great. Uh, but I was on his channel and, and he, he does live streams a lot. And, you know, he he was talking with, you know, everybody. And um, you know, I put in a comment there, and lo and behold, we had uh my buddy Travis come into our live stream the other day, and he's there in in Robbie Robbie stream with me. And I'm like, oh man, this mm-hmm. is great. This is great. So now we have a little bit of you know cross viewership starting. Oh man, I'll tell you, you know, Robbie's got, got great viewership, you know, Travis knows this, okay? Like it's a great group of guys, and I'm hoping. If we could get Robbie on here, like as a guest in the future, that would be the coolest thing. I think. I think that would be really, really neat. Hmm. But um, we have actually a little bit of news today, don't we?
1: You do because I've been hearing some things about Otani uh-huh. this week. So why don't you just uh, just start rolling?
0: So okay, here's where things get really interesting. So. Otani has been a guy who people have been talking about as this kind of phenom, this, this enigma for for a few years now. He, he's played, but then he's gotten hurt. And then there was a shortened year. A lot of different things kind of happened. And he was transitioning, you know, coming over from Japan and getting used to the, the major leagues. Uh, now, Otani is a six foot, about four Pitcher and left-handed hitter. Left-handed pitcher, left-handed hitter. Um, He has, you know, he's on the same team as Trout. He's on the same team as Upton, who was in the big leagues at age 19 and has been a stud ever since. He's on the same team as um, when Simmons was there last year. So, And the same team as currently uh, Rendon. Uh, He's on the same team as Pujols, okay? And there are people on that team who have said that, you know, even with Trout on the team, that they've never seen a talent like Otani's. Um, and these are the reasons. I, you know, I, I watched him in spring training in person, and he hit a ball over the batter's eye that I, like It went out of sight. And, you know, it ended up, they said it went about 465 feet, which is far. It, it Honestly, it looked a lot farther than that to me. Um He, you know, it looked like it was going up as it went over the batter's eye, or at least it had just started to sink right as it started to go over the batter's eye. But this is a guy who's capable of, of hitting the ball as far as I've ever seen any lefty hit it in person. And um, the other day in the first inning, he hit a ball 115 miles an hour for a hit and a little bit more than 115, 115 point something. And That was the hardest hit hit of the entire season. Uh, That's no one had hit a ball and got, got a hit for it, a successful hit for it. That was that hard hit. Mm -hmm. And he was pitching that day too. And he threw a ball, I believe slightly over 102 miles an hour. So 102 points something. And that was the hardest thrown pitch by any pitcher at that point in the season. Um, and he did both within the first inning. This is a talent that if he could stay healthy, uh, I, he could do some pretty extraordinary things, pretty big things, because it's not just like he can hit the ball that far when he's at the plate. It's that he has a good enough hit tool to do it with consistency. And he's doing both those things as a left-handed pitcher and a left-handed hitter, meaning as a lefty hitter, you're facing mainly righties, you're going to have the platoon advantage. You're going to do better versus the righties massively, especially with a guy like him with his kind of bat speed than you're going to do against lefties. Um, Lefties are a little bit on you quicker. Um, Although he's got the kind of bat speed where he'll figure out lefties. Um, But off the mound, from the left side, you never see lefties throw that hard. And the ones that do are relievers. You know, Garrett Crochet or Aldis Chapman um he's a starter throwing that hard so it's just it's incredible seeing him do these things and then in addition to that if you're looking at his sprint speed his sprint speed's like in the 98th percentile so he's a, he's a fantastic base runner incredibly fast base runner as well mm-hmm. um you know I, i'm not trying to push anything but i do think it's very possible that if you got him you know a glove and you put him at first or you got him a glove and you put him in center that he could probably field pretty decently too mm-hmm. with his skills, you know, He's six foot four with those huge arms that the wingspan, if you will, uh, works perfectly at first. And then of course, you know, his speed and arm work great in center. He just has to play back. So, um, yeah. I, what can't he do as I think what we were talking about, like earlier, <laughs> what can't Otani do is really more of the question. Um, and he's batting like right back back to back with Trout. It's beautiful. I mean, that's lefty righty. He's the lefty. Trout's the righty. I mean, that's just beyond exciting. If I'm a baseball fan, and uh, I, I can't imagine what Angels fans feel like, you know, especially um, you know, given how good of a year they should have this year. So, um, without further ado, we actually got to talk about a team that's in the Angels' division. We're, the, we're doing divisional breakdowns again today. So the way we do it, and, you know, we, 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 we'll talk about this. We've talked about this on previous videos, but you know, we'll, 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 we'll touch on it right here again, is we go division by division, um, you know, bottom to top, and we'll discuss the worst team in each division and, and, We'll do the National League and the American League. We'll do both, so it won't be you know an episode where we discuss two American League teams. It'll be the worst in the East and uh, in the National League, and the worst in the East in the American League, or the, the 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 fourth place team in the West and the of the National League, and the fourth place team in the West of the American League. You know, and that's how we do this series. So. Let's start off with the AL West, the, the fourth place team in the Angels division. We are projecting it to be the Seattle Mariners. Um, the Mariners, it's not that they have a bad team. It's not that they have a bad system. They have probably one of my favorite farm systems, if not my favorite farm system in baseball.
1: You're so good at like letting people off soft. You're like, you're like, it's not that they're a bad team.
0: Well, they're, they're, they're building <laughs> like this is one of those teams where, like in a year, in like one year uh, with maybe three signings max, like, mm. yeah, but, like, well, I mean, you could do more than those, but, but I think you, you, you could keep it to about three and make it by, you could take this team from where they are with the division that they have and literally be, you know, number one, number two in the division. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like letting Mariners fans know that like, yo, like, don't, don't be too upset that this is probably a fourth place team, maybe a third place team, Um,
1: because in the future, it'll be a second or, or first. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, Now there, there are reasons why I say it's a little bit more likely that they're a second place team in the near future, Mm -hmm. but if they build on that, you know, by 2023 they could be the number one clear team. Uh, but they'd be they'd be able to compete for it. Is is the point that I'm trying to make here? So, um, you know, be excited, watch this team develop, and that's the cool thing. This is a development year. This is a year where at the big league level, there are going to be guys coming in all year that are trying to prove themselves, that are going to be big pieces that should be part of the next championship team. So be excited Mariners fans, you know? Um, So let's start off with the pitching staff. Okay. Um, Now I have their roster here as reference, if I need to use it, but they have uh, Yusei Kikuchi who ERA wise was not too good last year, but his strikeouts, his lack of walks and his ground ball percentage we're all good. And when you have all three of those working for you, you should perform pretty, pretty well. Uh, and he's a guy who, you know, is, he's a left-hander and, you know, he's been in the league um, not particularly long. I think that this year, you know, he could be a number three starter, maybe a number two starter, depending on how things go for him. But I think that's a big piece for them moving forward. Um they have Justice Sheffield who was brought over from, you know, the Yankees system as, you know, anyone who's been watching us, you know, do this, they know I'm a Yankee fan. When Justice Sheffield was in the Yankees system, I was a huge fan of him. I viewed him as a guy who at very worst would be a three starter, but when he develops and at his peak, he could probably be closer to a one. I know a lot of people don't agree with me there, but I very much see him as a weak contact pitcher. And he, he, he'll execute his pitches in a certain way so that he can get to that weak contact. And he also throws pretty decently hard for a lefty starter. Um, now, again, that kind of puts in perspective how good Otani is because you have Justice Sheffield throwing like 97 as a lefty with the fastball, at, you know, semi-regularly, 96, 97, right? It's hard for a lefty. And then you have Otani over here. It's the beginning of the season, and he's already throwing like 102. That's incredible. It's incredible, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. But um, no, Yusei Kikuchi, is, uh, he's, he's a very legitimate starter, and I think he's going to be a, a fine piece for them moving forward. And I also think that Justice Sheffield is going to be a very similar starter. I think they're both lefties They're both guys who are going to strike out a fair number of batters, and they're both going to get a lot of weak contact. I do think it might take a little bit of time for Sheffield to lower the walk rate, but that shouldn't prevent him from being effective. That just means he should have to learn how to work out of jams a little bit better, which might actually end up increasing his ground ball percentage, end up increasing his weak contact. Uh, It should, in theory. He's young enough where he should work through all those types of things and be effective for years on end. And then here's the cool thing for the Mariners. The Mariners pulled a Cashman on Cashman. What Cashman loves to do is he loves to trade somebody to you get prospects. And then when that guy hits free agency, he'll sign him back and it'll be like, he didn't do anything. It just prospects appeared. Um, Well, what ended up happening here was Cashman dealt justice Sheffield to the Mariners and the Mariners dealt to the Yankees' James Paxton. Well, Paxton hit the free agent market this offseason, and the Mariners brought him back. So now you have three starters who are really good. And the reason why I really like Paxton, he's actually on my fantasy team. That's how much I like him. Um, If you look at his numbers, he was hurt last year, 2020. In 2019, there was the juiced ball, and he's a lefty Okay, in a league of righties. So, of course, he didn't do as good, but he still did really, really good. And then you have um, in in, in, uh, the year before, he was like a 3.3 FIP or 3.3 ERA guy, one or the other. I forget which one. And then basically the same thing the year before and the year before that. So there's no real reason to think that Paxton isn't the same guy as he was when he was a Mariner. Um, I think that that's, like, pretty clear that he, he should be the same guy. I mean, we've also seen him try out in spring training uh, before he signed. Or actually, no, before, right before spring training, rather. And it wasn't that the fastball was entirely back. But for that point in the year, it was back enough to think that, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be on track. He's basically, I don't know, I think he's about 90% right now. But uh, he, he should be fine by midseason, and he's also once again a lefty that throws pretty hard. But again, doesn't throw a hundred miles an hour. You know, I don't even think he throws. Does Paxton throw ninety nine? I think he can touch ninety nine. So, but you know that he's one of the harder throwing lefties in the major leagues. You know, so, and then of course they got Marco Gonzalez. Um, you know, the uh, veteran if you will, of, of the team. Um, very interesting, the information that came out on Gonzales, But, uh, you know, he's, he's a leader. Very clearly, he's a leader. Um, and then that's the other thing. Um, he's a weak contact specialist as well. So now you have four starters. And then I know a few people, specifically one person. Uh, I consider him a pretty decent pitching expert who's really big on Justin Dunn as a starter as well. So the Mariners do have a collection of decent starters. That's like five guys right there, right? And if you go in their bullpen, they got Rafael uh, Montero, who's a former top prospect, and he's pretty good. Uh, I think the bullpen's probably his best spot. Um, And I do think it's possible that Justin Dunn gets moved to the bullpen when you know, one of their top pro- pitching prospects does come up to the big leagues. Um, and they do also have 10 Giles, but he's not going to be back for a bit. Uh, I believe he's got Tommy John. So that should help their bullpen in time. Those are three guys right there. Does crude. everyone have
1: to- have Tommy John?
0: That's kind of the thing these days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> elbow every- surgery every pitcher gets it at least once in their career like that's 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 what it feels like almost mm-hmm. um but you know yeah when, when a pitcher gets it because of how the success rate is I don't really I don't really worry as much you know but the, the one to worry about is labrum mm-hmm. if it's shoulder labrum surgery um yeah that's yeah that's a career ender uh, some people can survive it, but you have to already have a fastball. It's like 100 miles an hour. Mm. Like Michael Pineda, he's he's a pretty good pitcher now, right? Uh, and it took him years to recover from it because I believe he got it. Um, I think he got the surgery in about 2010, 2011, something mm. like that. Um, and his fastball went from like 100, 101 down to like 93, 94. Uh, so he had to learn how to exist at a lower velocity. But uh, yeah, that, that one will kill you. Uh, and even if you're a hitter, it, it robs power for up to two years. Uh, what robs contact is wrist injuries, which is why when I was looking at Ondahar, I was particularly worried because he had the shoulder surgery, the labrum surgery on his power shoulder, his right shoulder. And then he, he had the wrist issue as well. And the, so now he has the power taken from him. And the contact taken from him. Doesn't have defense. He doesn't particularly have a position. I mean, if you're a team looking to buy low, I guess go get him, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's rough when you're only all your skills have been knocked out, basically, at least in the short term. Not cool. Um <clears throat> the uh the mariners, you know, to get back to the mariners, their catcher situation. I I don't like Tom Murphy. I'll just be honest. Some people do. Hits the ball hard. I don't like his approach. I don't like his type of player. It doesn't really work. Like Here's the deal. I like aggressive players, but not at the cost of this much contact and not when you're giving up the ability to hit non-fastball pitches. Um, if you're aggressive, you should be being aggressive so that you can hit all different types of pitches across all zones. And decrease your strikeout percentage if you're being that aggressive and your strikeout percentage is that high then the level of power that you're hitting for needs to be very clearly not from physicality but from connectivity if that mm-hmm. makes sense um it needs to be more kinesthetic so um, that's why I'm not that big on Murphy, but, uh, I think he's kind of a guy who has come up from the minor leagues and with his type of approach did really well. And now the league knows what to do. Just feed him breaking balls, you know, uh, or change-ups depending on which he's more susceptible to. He's going to be more susceptible to one of those. Um, and of course, expand the zone on the lower outside corner. That always works. Um, at least with his type. Um, but they do have Luis Torrens, another guy who came from the Yankee system originally. He was taken in the Rule 5 draft by, I believe, the Padres, and I think they traded for him to get him. He's interesting. Uh, I've always liked his motions at catcher. He's not ridiculously built, and he was kind of rushed, but he can hit a little bit and I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to see what he could be like. Maybe he could have like, like a Jonathan Lucroy career. Once Mm -hmm. the bat comes around, not a lot of power, but enough contact and, and, and enough of an eye where about a league average hitter, maybe 5% above league average. And if the defense holds up, that's like I said, a Lucroy like player. Uh, I think that could be pretty cool. Um, I think that that would be the optimal outcome that the Mariners could get at that position for the big leagues. Um, I'm also not a fan of JP Crawford. I just want to get that out of the way. Uh, he's their current shortstop. He's a guy who, um, comes from a football family. I believe one of his family members might've been his father was like in the NFL or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, And he clearly has the frame to put on muscle, but he hasn't. He's ridiculously fast. He has a good eye at the plate, but he has no power to speak of whatsoever. And his swing is kind of herky-jerky, not consistent, not fluid. Um, He could calm things down at the plate. And he could get better mechanics. And he could put on muscle for his frame. Maybe we'd be looking at something here. But he's a defense-first shortstop with a decent eye for the strike zone. And that's it. Nothing else. So that's why I'm not really too big on him. Honestly, I feel like he could really do with just a couple of more seasons in the minors. Double A, triple A he does that, he could iron out his swing mechanics. He could work on things on the day-to-day. He could put on muscle, and then maybe he comes up, and it's a different story here, like maybe a Trevor story. No, I don't think he would be that good. But um, uh, it is worth noting that they do have some other interesting infielders. Dylan Moore had an incredible year last year, and I'm not sure whether he can repeat it, whether it's one of those things where he's – doing it because the league doesn't know him or whether he's actually turned a corner. That's going to be interesting to see. Um, There's my buddy, Dave's cousin, Jose Marmolejos. That guy has a really quick swing. He's got a good contact bat. It's lefty. If he can learn to elevate the ball more and maybe slow down the swing so that if a breaking ball comes or a changeup comes, he's more ready. Uh, which is going to incorporate – he's, he's going to have to incorporate more with his legs in order to do that, something more with um, probably opening up his hip early, his front hip early. Um, but he does have the bat speed and the contact where, in theory, if you work on different things, you can really hit. So I'm intrigued to see how he's going to do his first year, especially while the league doesn't know him and the fact that he's a lefty. Um Chad Long's an interesting player. I think he's another guy who could do with like a season in the minors, but he could hit, you know, he's going to be a guy who, if, if he, if he had that, or if he develops at the big league level, he should hit. Kyle Seeger, Corey's older brother. Um, he's kind of a hot and cold player, consistent defensively, decent left-handed bat. I'm curious what would happen if you put him in a platoon you brought him in a lineup where he had lineup protection and you possibly put him in a ballpark that was a little bit more favorable for him um, or with weather that's more favorable for him. Maybe he would be a little bit better. Um, that guy who got fired for them, Mathier, I believe is how you say it or Mather, Kevin Mather, yeah. Mather um, he – Literally, tipped their hand saying that you know they're going to try and trade Seager. I don't think that, given what Seager's making, that that's now off course. I think that there's a high likelihood, given all of the youth that they have in that infield, that they're going to try and trade Kyle Seager. Um, A lot of people are super high on Evan White in their infield. He's a superstar defender. I'll, I'll say that, but he may have been rushed a little bit in terms of the offense, and I think that's because they gave him a massive contract extension which is like you don't really usually do that with guys who are not in the big leagues you know not super ready for the big leagues but that's also something that like he probably had a lot of confidence in him so maybe the bat comes around early even though he was rushed Uh, but you are looking at a guy who's about as good of a defensive first baseman as we've seen in years and that's super exciting because I always loved seeing like Mark Teixeira make great plays over there and like We haven't really seen a guy like that in in a few years. We've seen decent ones. Goldschmidt's very decent, you know, but we haven't seen a true, like, a a guy who would turn wild throws into, you know, great plays because he would be able to stretch for them or scoop it or whatever it ends up being. Um, Evan White is a guy like that. So I hope the bat comes around. The guy that I like the most for this season There's a guy by the name of Ty France. Um, He's, no one talks about him because he was never a top prospect, okay? The league doesn't know him and he's going to do great now while the league doesn't know him. But given how he slowly improved over his minor league career, there's a high chance that he's able to continue the success to a certain degree moving forward. Similar to his teammate. Mitch Haniger, who's now healthy as well. Uh, actually, I was at a spring training game the other day, and I watched France and Seager and Haniger go back-to-back-to-back to back to back with home runs. So Haniger, I think he can still hit. Um, I mean, he looked like he had the same exact swing, and that ball right off the bat. Goodness gracious. So I, I do think that the Mariners, you guys do have some hitters. Um, and France, I think, in, especially this year, uh, is going to really hit. But he's also a disciple from, from uh, the Tony Gwynn School of Hitting, uh, San Diego State. He played for there. And that was while Tony Gwynn was still alive and still coaching there. And he's one of Tony Gwynn's last you know, great students, at least in my opinion. And that's why I say, you know, in my opinion, he's one of his last great students. Because this is a guy who, yes, the juice ball was in the league in you know triple a in 2019 but he still batted like 399 or 398 you know almost to to tip his hat to tony Gwynn, almost batting 400 at the big league level so do i think ty france is tony Gwynn? absolutely not do i think ty france is one of the best hitters in the big leagues absolutely not but do i think ty france is a middle of the order hitter for this season yes and moving forward i think he's an effective hitter if that makes sense so um Take that which way you, you will. He's probably a better third baseman than a second baseman, but I could see him playing more second base until Seeger gets traded this season. Um, so that's another player to watch out for if you're a Mariners fan. Uh, Jake Fraley is an interesting player. I would have him in Triple a little bit longer. Um, I think he, he has a little bit to learn back down there. I'd bring him up you know, once he's really starting to contribute on uh, a consistent level. Um, the one thing I got to say about him is he's a decent defender. He's a left-handed hitter. And yes, he doesn't hit the ball extremely hard. So why he hasn't gotten too much attention, but he's one of those guys where the angle that he hits the ball at consistently is optimal, kind of like Didi Gregorius. Um, so he's going to hit for a lot more power than his exit velocity would naturally allow for because of the angle, the ball is going to be coming off the bat at. He's going to be pulling balls and it's going to be, you know, at the perfect angle to get you maximum distance. So that's one thing about Fraley. Uh, He's kind of an underrated prospect for that reason. Um, A lot of people are really big on Kyle Lewis. I think he was completely rushed. Uh, That's why the strikeout was as high as it was. Um, And then of course you also have to remember this, you know, um, Last year, each month of the season, he got significantly worse. So um, he's a guy who I really hope learns a couple of things in the minors and then comes right up and you know lower strikeout rate or or you get the idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the tools are there. He's been a top prospect for a while, but I do think he was rushed, and I do worry about his production this year. Um, that's just the honest take. Um, and then they have Taylor Trammell who they ended up dealing for. Um, I am a huge Taylor Trammell fan. He's changed his swing mechanics, which has seemingly allowed him to hit for a lot of power, a lot more power than he has in the past. He's an elite defender in left field. And this is a guy who's also one of the best base runners, uh, you know, who best combination of base runner and hitter. Uh, in all the minor leagues this is a guy who in two consecutive futures games basically stole home He stole home in one of them and then the other one he got called out and it was not reviewable but they checked the replays anyway but, you know not you know the umpires but you know the people who were watching the game you know the tv commentators or you know yeah tv commentators um, yeah, they, they, they came on and, and they, broke, they, they broke it down and they were like, oh, wait a second, he's safe. So in, in big games, this guy's even capable of stealing home. Uh, he's clearly capable of stealing over 30 bases a year. Um, so I'm a big Taylor uh, Trammell fan. Um, so they got him coming along this year as well. So it's a lot of young guys who are literally learning at the big league level. And I do think that there's a very high likelihood that this team could challenge uh, for third, third place. Um, but I also want to bring up that, you know, that guy, Mather or or Kevin Mather, um, he was very clear about how they felt like they weren't really going to be contending too much this year. So they wanted to delay people's, you know, service time clock. So for instance, Jared Kellenick, Jared Kellenick could really help this team. You know, if they're trying to make a playoff push, Jared Kellen could really, really help this team, but they may not bring him up because they don't view themselves as a team that could actually compete for a world series. So, um, but he's another guy who's fantastic. And, you know, this is where I get into their farm system. So they got him in a trade with the Mets. they got him when they traded, uh, Edwin Diaz. And when they traded, uh, Robinson Cano to the Mets, um, and Kelnick is, I believe that's how you say his name, Kelnick. Um, now Kelnick, he uh, he's the rare lefty where he could hit for batting average. He's got very clean swing mechanics. He's got about thirty home run power, maybe twenty-seven home run power. A um, lot of doubles, forty-plus doubles, and he's got the kind of speed where he could steal twenty bases a year too. So And and he's also a pretty darn good corner outfielder. I just wouldn't really use him in center. Um, The only thing that could possibly be a bit of a concern for him is lefty on lefty, a good lefty pitcher on him as a lefty hitter. I think that that could cause him to have a couple of issues. But if that's your only concern as a ball player, you're really good. And the other thing I want to mention with him is if you look at this guy, this guy's a gym rat. This guy's like a physical beast. So he looks like he should be able to sustain these abilities for a few years and maybe even make adjustments so that he can eventually hit lefties. And then he's doing everything. Um, they have probably, this is the thing. I think that if you're looking at guys who are, you know, at all levels of the minors, And you're projecting them based off of, I mean, this is the thing. I I looked into every system. All right. I had to make my own assessments. Okay. Looked into every system, broke down every single player. You know, Wander Franco is very clearly one of the best prospects in baseball, if not, you know, consensus top three. Um, But there are some guys who are at the lower levels who I am convinced are right there with him as, you know, top, top prospects, because, I am convinced that with those types of mechanics and those bodies that you will put, even if you put on more weight, even if you put on more muscle, which both of them should, both mm-hmm. of these guys I'm about to mention should, um, because of the mechanics, you're going to be able to hit, uh, at, you know, at a higher level at an advanced level, because the mechanics are sound. It's not like, you know, the mechanics aren't there, but because they're so strong, the bat gets to the point where it would need to, you know, for the, the launch angle, or to spin the ball, you know, because that happens with a lot of players, a lot of bigger players. They can get by because of how strong they are. Like Chris Bryant doesn't have great swing mechanics. JD Martinez doesn't have great swing mechanics. They're just built different. Okay. Um, But if you do have perfect swing mechanics and you do have also the physicality, that's when you run into situations where it's like Miguel Cabrera, you know, because he had the physicality and mm-hmm. the swing mechanics. So that's kind of the guy that in terms of foot movement, you know, body comp type thing, um, you know, at the plate, they compare, uh, in my opinion, the Mariners' top prospect too. They think he's going to be that type of hitter, 300-type batting average, lots of times on base, you're not striking out too much, and then tons of power. That's Julio Rodriguez watched him play in front of me a couple of times. He is phenomenal for a teenager. Um, He's not a world beater defensively or on the bases, although he's good. Corner outfielder, good arm. Um, But I'm convinced that he's going to really hit with some of the best hitters in the league. The other guy that I compare him to in terms of um, this guy, he hasn't played nearly as much. And I think that once he's played, there's a chance that this guy's better than him. But now, given where you know both of them are at, one has played, one hasn't played, I kind of measure them against each other. I view both him, Julio Rodriguez, and Jason Dominguez on a very similar level. Even if Dominguez is eventually going to be better base runner, better defender, also a switch hitter, uh, offensively, I view Julio Rodriguez so highly, And he's actually played a lot more than Dominguez. Like Dominguez hasn't really played at all. Uh, Not yet, at least. Um, That I have to keep them on the same level, even though, you know, Dominguez is... (laughs) Like, I've never seen anything like Dominguez. Uh, Well, no, that is not true. I had the opportunity to scout Trout. Mm -hmm. Last time I've seen anything like Dominguez was Mike Trout. So, yeah. Um but yeah, so they have <laughs> goodness. You're right. Yeah, that's like something just got in there like a frog, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, the 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 Mariners have one of the best systems in 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 all the minor leagues and I think we got to talk a little bit about, you know, the the side pieces in their system because they do have a collection of guys that you know aren't, you know, the 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 premier prospects that you know i just mentioned like Kelnick mm-hmm. or or julio or any of the guys that they just promoted um you know like taylor trammell technically still counts as a prospect for them mm-hmm. um a lot of people that i know are pretty big on cal raleigh or, 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 or rally or it's raleigh you know um he's a catcher pretty decent very polished I I don't know how he'll do. I'm kind of waiting to see with him. Um, I'm personally pretty big on Noel V. Marte I think, how you say his name. He's a shortstop prospect. He's like, he's still a teenager. He's still like 19 years old. Um, Swing mechanics are beautiful. Um, I'm not sure he's a shortstop. He seems to be more of a second baseman or more of a third baseman it depends on how his body develops you know he's six foot one he's about 181 pounds um that's decently sized um but you know if he puts on say 40 pounds and he's 220 he's probably a third baseman um but if he puts on 20 pounds then he's probably a second baseman so um it's kind of complicated there but his swing is beautiful and I love his approach and the numbers he's put up have been fantastic so far. So he's a guy I'm pretty big on. And then they'd have these three pitchers in their system. You got Emerson Hancock, who I believe in last year's draft was seen as the second best uh, pitching prospect in the entire draft. And then in recent years, they've also developed George Kirby and Logan Gilbert. I don't know as much about either of their backgrounds, they kind of came into the Mariners system during a period of time where I was solely focusing on hitters. Uh, over the last two years, I've been able to focus back on pitchers, but it's more of who pitchers are rather than where they came from. Uh, but both of them are fantastic arms. I mean, you're sick, Kirby 6'4", and Gilbert 6'6", and they're both considered to be uh, clear locks for the rotation, and they should be playing – uh, in the rotation at some point this season, whereas Emerson Hancock is next season. So they have all of these prospects coming through. I mean, even that Cal Raleigh catcher, he should be in the big leagues at some point this year to give uh, Torrens a little bit of competition. So, um, yeah, the Mariners, have a they have a great group of talent. Um, and I do think that they're going to be one of the more dangerous teams in the currently very weak American League within the next couple of years. So that's to get them out of the way. Um, now let's move over to the national league. Cause the national league fourth place team is a little bit more tricky because national league. I mean, it's, it's I think personally, it's pretty clear who the worst team in the national league West is um, national league West is it's a, it's a very interesting division because the top two are very clear. The bottom one is very clear, but three and four is where it gets a little bit dicey. Okay. So currently right now I have at, at four, the San Francisco giants and large part, this is because I don't really have very much confidence in their pitching Gaussman. I hope he holds up, but he seems more of a two pitch starter, which could be an elite reliever. Johnny Cueto is, I mean, I, I, I think he should probably move to the bullpen. He's very old. Um, he doesn't look like he's super effective as a starter. He's just kind of in there. Uh, it's kind of my same idea that I had for uh, King Felix, Felix Hernandez, that if you put either Cueto or Felix Hernandez in the bullpen, you can revive the end of their career and make them elite relievers for, like, however more many years either of them want to play. So that instead of, okay, now they're a bad starter for the rest of their career, they now have great ends of their careers. I mean, we this used to exist with a guy like, I don't know, John Smoltz. Why can't we bring it back? I don't know. So um, yeah, I think of Cueto much more as, as a reliever. Desclafani doesn't really do much for me. Tyler Bede is, I think, hurt right now. Um, I do like that they brought in Jake McGee. He's their closer now. Um, I think that big ballpark's really going to help them. And I think, um, I think the fact that he's still in the same division that he was last year is also going to really help him. I think he needs that kind of jump off point because uh, he has not been able to do well at all in Colorado. And just leaving Colorado last year, his numbers went right back to who he was in Kansas City. Kansas City has a gigantic outfield just like San Francisco. So he should be fine. He should be the same old Jake McGee. Um, I think it's a very smart move that they made there. Um, and Logan Webb absolutely killed it in spring training. So maybe he uh, carries that over and he ends up being, uh, you know, their breakout pitcher this year. They did bring in Alex Wood, uh, another lefty, you know, kind of interesting guy. Uh, he's kind of consistent, but he he's – He's had issues with uh, platoon splits in the past because of his arm angle. Um, I don't know. He seems like kind of more of a three starter um, and that's it. That's basically all that they have to, to work with, uh, with regards to, to relievers. I mean, Whistler's okay, I guess. Um, you know, uh, Reyes Maranta is okay. If he has a good year, you know, doesn't start missing the strikes. Um, Jose Alvarez, he's okay, but again, he has to hit the strike zone. So that's part of the reason why I'm not super big on the Giants. They're pitching. Now, to get, why, to get on the side of why I am big on the Giants, why I do like the Giants, because that's the reason why I think that they're here. But if they had changed their pitching staff, I think that they could go a lot farther because they have Buster Posey, who's now back, They have Joey Bart, who's going to be ready at some point in time to join him just in case they need extra coverage. Or maybe they move Joey Bart to first base and Brandon Belt gets to move to the outfield. Uh, They have Brandon Belt, who went off last year. So he still can clearly hit. They have Brandon Crawford, who brought back uh, a little bit of his old performance last year. And I think he should hit in a platoon. Thankfully, he kind of is in a platoon right now. So he should hit again. Donovan Solano with the type of playing time that they're giving him and the type of usage that they're giving him, he should hit to a certain degree. They have him as well. Tommy Lastella is in a platoon with Wilmer Flores. And that to me is the best platoon in all of major league baseball. Flores absolutely toasts lefties and Lastella absolutely toasts righties. And when, you know, Lastella is at second base Flores isn't in theory. If you want, you can platoon Flores with Crawford, or you could go the route of platooning Solano with Crawford. Either way, um, you know, if you platoon Solano with Crawford, then Flores can platoon with Belt, at least until Bart is ready. And that's why you know, if you if you extrapolate, you know, okay, Posey catcher, all right, then Bart comes up, Bart first, all right, then if Bart you know is only able to hit from one side of pitching, then you platoon him with Flores. But if not, then you can keep fl- Flores platooning with Lastella. And then you have Belt, who's now in the outfield. And then you have Crawford, who's platooning with Solano. And then you have Lastella and Flores, and you have Longoria, who now has lineup protection, which he's needed for a few years now, uh, especially with his foot injury in spring training. Although he looks all the way back from that, it's worth noting. Uh, and then you get to the outfield, and they have Yastrzemski, who can hit. Um, Slater, I think the league is probably going to adapt to him this year, but if they don't, he's an interesting guy to have out there. Um, at minimum, like if, if the league adapts to him, he'll probably hit lefties. And I think that the league is going to adapt to Alex Dickerson, uh, at minimum, like if he does anything, he'll be able to hit righties to an okay degree. So in theory, you can platoon Slater and Dickerson and a Slater really doesn't do anything at all righties or lefties you can promote Jalen Davis from the minor leagues and platoon him with Alex Dickerson um and then of course like I said you can move belt out there so that's Ustremski, that's that platoon and it's belt um so this is a team that they have an underrated offense in how the league views them and this is a team that like they always do and if you're a giant fan you know this or or if you're really an NL West fan, you know this, they always win more games than people project them to win, which is why this was a more of a difficult decision for me between them and the next team. But I had to go with the Giants in this spot just because of how faulty their pitching is. Even if their offense does score enough runs so that they win more games than the next, the pitching's not going to hold up enough for them to win enough games, period to be a top three in that division. Um, That being said, if you're a giant fan, all you need is pitching. You know, if you're, if you are able to go out there, right. Say Logan Webb develops, right. And let's say that Wood comes back from his injury. He's a number three starter. And let's say that Aaron Sanchez, you know, he hasn't been signed in a few years, but he's figured everything out. Boom. There's another guy. Um, and, you know, Gaussman develops a third pitch. Boom. And Johnny Cueto has like a rebound year. Boom. Then you have pitching. But that is all way too questionable to have happen. Like if those are all each of those to have happen, like. We're talking about likelihood likelihood that Johnny Cueto can turn it back specifically this year, you know, to be super effective. I'd say it's 50, 50. Okay. You could do it, or he could just be the same guy. And you know what? I'm not even going to say that I'll say 40, 60. He's going to either be this 60 or he has 40% of turning it back for a year to be maybe a 3.8 ERA, you know, 3.9 ERA. Uh, so that's, that's one of the five um, Gaussman, Okay. So he'd have to develop a new pitch in the off season. So he has three pitches, right? The chances that he's done that enough to be effective, I'd say about 50-50. That's another 50-50, but that's one that I'm not going to change on. Like the other one changed to 60-40. This is a 50-50. He knows that he has to add a third pitch. It's just really hard to add a big league caliber third pitch. Um, So that's, you know, another one where it's extraordinarily iffy that he's going to give you what you want. Uh, Aaron Sanchez, he hasn't been in the league for years. It's so the chance that he's, you know, figured it out. It's like 80-20. 20 that he's figured it out, maybe 10 that he's figured it out, maybe 15, somewhere in between, right? Uh, and then like, you know, 80-75, you get the idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's... <laughs> And then Logan Webb uh, and, and and Alex Wood. The chance that Alex Wood is who he is, I think that that's. I think yeah, eighty percent, not maybe seventy percent chance that he is the guy that he's he, he's been. I mean, him having his lefty righty issues does scare me a little bit. That's why I don't put him higher than that. But I think about seventy five chance, seventy five percent chance, maybe eighty percent chance that Alex Wood is who he used to be. So that's about a three starter, maybe a four starter because of innings. It's complicated. I'd lean three starter. Okay. So Alex Wood is a three starter. And let's say that Logan Webb, he does emerge, you know, he takes what he was doing in spring training and you know, his prospect track record. And his, you know, I believe college track record. And he, he takes it and he brings it and he becomes your ace. Okay. So good for you. You know, you have an ace, you have a number three and then you have like what a a four and a couple of fives. Like that's not, that's not going to do it. That's not going to make it past fourth place. And that's even looking at things optimistically, you know, and and realistically, you know, Um, that being said, if they moved some of these guys to the bullpen, if they moved Alex Wood to the bullpen, if they moved Aaron Sanchez to the bullpen, if they moved Johnny Cueto to the bullpen, it, you know, if they moved uh, Kevin Gausman to the bullpen, they would have like one of the best bullpens by far in the major leagues. And if they would go out there, if they could go out there and they could get four starters to put behind Logan Webb, now you're looking at a team that can like really make some, make some noise of sorts. Um, but those are just things that I would do to kind of improve things. I, you know, it's an, it's an offense-first team, and um, I don't know. Like, you finally have a closer, so that's cool. You have some interesting middle-inning guys. You have, you know, the ace of the future in Webb. You still have the guys from your championship squad, Belt, Posey, Crawford. Um, you have the best platoon in baseball, in my opinion, in Listella and Flores. Um, you know, you have top prospect Bart in there. Uh, you have Yastrzemski, who's, you know, was raised by Carl Yastrzemski. Most people were like, oh, no, no, he's he's the grandson. Yes, he is. But he was raised by Carl. Um, so you have, you know, him in there. Um, I don't know if, like, it was directly raised, but it was, like, the majority of his childhood was spent with, with, with Carl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I don't want to use the wrong words here. You know what I mean? Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, <not> okay. <laughs> Um but yeah they have some good platoons like Jalen Davis Davis is a really interesting bat. He should at minimum be a platoon bat, maybe actually be an everyday player, kind of surprise some people is very strong. And you know that when you're a patient hitter and you have a decent swing, you're very strong. Maybe you turn into more than a platoon bat. That can happen. Um, I think that it's the absolute wrong ballpark for Evan Longoria. I think that if you put Evan Longoria back in the American League and you gave him lineup protection in a ballpark that favors him and you get him off his feet with the DH a little bit more often because he had plantar fasciitis in spring training, uh, I think he he probably does a little bit better. But, you know, they know that Longoria is going to hit in big moments and they know that Longoria is going to be consistent defensively. And they know that third base is a difficult position to fill with an elite player. Um, And in big games, that's what he is for you. And especially on the road, that's what he is for you. And now they have lineup protection for him. So uh, given that his baseball savant numbers were really showing for the third year in a row, uh, a massive increase in regards to, you know, performance statistics and, you know, surrounding performance statistics, especially with regards to his last year's, his XBA and his uh, XSLG, um, both of those, Expected batting average, expected slugging were were fantastic. They were old Longoria numbers last year. So, um, and then some people are bigger on Solano, some people are smaller on Solano. Um, I love his swing, I love his athleticism. I have questions about how he's contributed. I think that he would work better with, like possibly, a different team. I'm worried about his performance moving forward. But perhaps, you know, he's in the perfect, you know, ballpark for it. Um, I don't think he's with the perfect lineup for it. I think that, you know, he's with a lineup that's probably going to bat him in the wrong area of the lineup, uh, top, bottom, you know. Um, That's why I say wrong team, you know, and also different lineup protection if you had a lot more. You could probably do some more, um, and if you had a ballpark that worked in his favor for for the pull side. But the other thing I think about is he also he hits enough balls specifically to the opposite field as well, where and he sprays it really it's, it's in infield in outfield, where being in San Francisco might be advantageous in terms of in play power. So that's where I'm kind of. But he needs more lineup protection either way, and um, like yeah, definitely more lineup protection. Um, but I do like his swing mechanics. Like I really like hitters who can get into their legs with their swing, because that means they can have a fundamentally sound swing, and not alter it to get to lower pitches. I think that's you know that's beautiful if you can do that. Uh, it also means that you can kind of open up with your front hip properly because you can't really sink into pitches well if you're not opened up with your front hip. So it just means mechanically things are kind of working they, it can either well or too well, too much movement, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's always a good place to operate from. So. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that if we're talking about the minor leagues for uh, San Francisco, there's a lot to look forward to, and this is the other side of the coin which is they have, you know, if we're, if we're talking about a guy who's right up there with, you know, Dominguez and, you know, Rodriguez, as far as, you know, top, you know, really young uh, prospects, it's, it's, Marco Luciano. He's a guy who he's like, I think 16, 17 years old right now. And he already has like basically the same swing mechanics as Justin Upton um, shortstop, right now doubt he stays at it long term he's either going to move third base or straight to left field but this is a guy who can like he could be an up he could be a guy who could be in the big leagues at 19 20 years old and with that kind of swing if he puts on enough muscle over the next couple of years like i said he's like 17 years old 16 years old something like that um and then they have this guy uh he's a corner outfielder uh, Ramos. That's right. Yeah. Um, Ramos is. At worst, Ramos will be Randall Grichuk. But at best, Ramos could be, a, a version of Ramon Laureano. And I don't even think we've seen the best of Ramon Laureano yet. But we're looking at a guy who could probably hit about twenty to twenty-five home runs, maybe a little bit more, maybe like twenty-six. That's Ramos. Um, But also because of his type of swing, he's also going to have elevated success on balls in play. So maybe he'll bat like 320 on balls in play with his strikeout rate. He's probably batting 285 batting average, um, 40 doubles, uh, 15 to 25 stolen bases. Um, Pretty darn good player, pretty darn good corner outfielder. So uh, they do have some guys in their system that are very underrated um and uh i i just i personally think that this is a team that we got to give a couple of years to so that they can figure out their pitching situation but if they figure out their pitching situation like in a season or or even during this season i doubt it then with the offense that they have I mean, they could they could really actually make noise if you're a Giants fan don't expect that enjoy the offense and look forward to the fact that half your roster is basically guys that are going to be pieces that are part of the next championship team and half your roster is basically pieces that were part of the old championship team so there's a kind of cross going on here, a passing of the torch, if you will, of you know from the guys who won championships to the guys who are the pieces to build around for the future. Um, it's not super exciting, but it's humbling. And if you're a Giants fan, I think that that resonates to a certain degree because you guys won three World Series in five years. You might be the last dynasty. To exist given the way that baseball is these days I and mean, you don't really win a lot of championships. A, ch- a team will win a championship and then they'll fall out of it for a few years you know so three and five years might be the closest that anyone can get to like multiple championships in a row so yeah you know you got the very tail end of those old guys and then you got you know guys like Joey Bart coming in you got guys like Yastrzemski you got guys like Logan Webb I don't know um, I would kind of just watch this season in appreciation, if that makes sense. And I know that in the past past few seasons, you've been like, oh, well, we've been watching the last few years in appreciation. I'm like, yeah, because they haven't really made big moves to kind of expedite this process. It's kind of been what, the, like what the Phillies did when the Phillies, you know, the Phillies won in 2008 and then they lost in 2009 and instead of, you know, completely rebuilding their team, they just loaded up on pitching and they kept the same offense together. Um, the giants, they didn't do that. So they got, you know, a bunch of fairly unsuccessful seasons in a row, but it did get them some pretty decent prospects. So that's the other side of that. Um, I don't know. I, if I'm a giants fan, appreciate the guys that you got when they are traded you know, either go to the ballpark or watch the game to see these young guys, but don't really expect to be in contention super soon unless your team makes, you know, a whole bunch of moves for pitching. So uh, that's about all I have to say on the Giants. Um, It's a fairly tame organization, Um, you know, as, as assessments go. It's more humbling than anything else, but. I I do got to give tons of credit. They won three in five years. People are still talking about that. I mean, in baseball, during a time where people are trying to not talk about the Houston Astros scandal, which happened not
1: that long ago, I was so happy. I thought we made it through. (laughs) I was was like, oh, I can't wait to the end. uh uh So, no, but dude,
0: after people are trying to sweep this thing with the Astros under the rug, I'm not letting them.
1: No, but after people are doing you're it. You're not. You're not <laughs> letting them.
0: After people are doing it, though, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. The people are still talking about the three and five years from 2010, 2012, 2014. That was the end of it. The last championship was 2014. We're in 2021, and people are mm-hmm. still talking about that wow, look at those teams. Like, that's a dynasty. That's why I say it. That's a dynasty. You know, like we can talk about like, oh, remember the Phillies teams and, you know, remember the Royals teams? Because that's close. Mm -hmm. You know, one World Series, you know, could have won it because they had, you know, appearances in the World Series back to back, right? But it was only one championship. This is three in five. There's no dodging that, that type of greatness. There's no dodging... That Crawford posey belt were, were, were getting it done. You know, Madison Bumgarner, Tim Lincecum back then, Matt King, Brian Wilson with the, you know, I, I love that guy. He was nuts. I love it. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I love that guy. Really. He was one of my favorite pitches. Even honestly, like I wish he was still pitching, you know, I want him on my team, you know? It's kind of like Sergio Romo. Even when Sergio Romo stops pitching, it's like, no, you know, he's so entertaining. Keep pitching. Honestly, I think if you move Johnny Cueto to the bullpen or you move Felix Hernandez to the bullpen, you get more of those, you know, fist pumps and all of that kind of things because then they're being successful again. Mm. You know, when they're successful, those guys, those are competitors, you know what I mean? So, but uh, I don't think that the Giants are going to move all of those guys to the bullpen and then add a whole bunch of starters. It's a little bit too much so especially this late i mean the season started If you're gonna do it do it during the off season but they didn't do it so and that's all that's all folks
1: that's all that's (laughs) it looney tunes over here looney tunes over here seriously so don't forget always check the description of our podcast episodes you're gonna find the newsletter which is popping every week You're going to find the YouTube channel, which is where you want to be for the live streams. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on everything. The YouTube, the podcast, and, uh, you know, you'll be hearing James's voice next time, which is later this week.
0: All right, see you then.